moment I want to have, offer a prayer. Heavenly Father, tonight I am so grateful, and I know that others join me, that Brother David is able to be with us tonight. Amen. We thank thee for the improvement, observable improvement, in Sister Linda, his dear wife, to whom he's been ministering. We thank you for them both, for the grace you've given them and for the grace that they've brought to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This will be the seventh message in this series on we are what we are in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Tonight, we're going to explore this we are the Lord's. Taken from Romans 14, 8, which is a magnificent summation of a certain truth. Yes. Whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, yes. or die, we are the Lord's. Amen. Romans 14, 8. That phrase, we are the Lord's. The New International Version reads, we belong to the Lord. The Holman's Bible reads, we belong to God. The Jewish Bible reads, in view of maintaining our unity with God. So it's a, it's a remarkable statement. You're familiar with this, of course, but we belong to God because yeah. he made us. Right. We belong to God because he saved us, mm -hmm. delivered us. We belong to God because he works with us. That's right. We belong to the Lord. I want to mention, first of all, a, a prophecy that was uttered by David in the psalm and that Jesus himself quoted in John 10, 34 and 35. David wrote in Psalm 82, 6, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. Jesus quoted this in John 10, 34 and 35. You are, we're talking about what we are. <laughs> you are the children of the Most High God. Now that itself is a profound statement. I'm not familiar with uh, the various idols that are worshiped in the world. But I don't know how many of those idols have children. In some uh, older traditions, and they had children up in a, you know, there were gods that had children, but they weren't they weren't people. Right. Someone in the other nether world. But to, for the most high to have children, all right. This is. Um, I don't believe angels are ever called children. They're called sons, the sons of God rejoiced. 
But children is a more intimate term than son or daughter. Now this Psalm, Psalm 82.6 was uttered in view of the fact that God was standing in the congregation. It was a congregational uh, psalm. Some of that was rehearsed and repeated in the gathering of the people of God. And in the gathering of the people of God, they confessed they were God's children. Yes. Good practice, a good practice that uh, when we're together, meeting together in our prayers, that someone acknowledges we're God's children. Yeah. We belong to Him. Now, Malachi uh, uttered a, uh, it's a very salient word. Now, Malachi lived in a time of spiritual decline, significant decline. In fact, we find from Malachi's prophecy that they had thought that the, the serving the Lord was a burden. Mm -hmm. It was a burden. Their religion was a burden. Yeah. And so here's a group of people living during that time of significant, now this was significant decline. This wasn't like a few people had declined, and most of the nation had declined. Yeah. And the whole nation was upbraided. So during that time, of spiritual decline, this is particularly relevant in our time. This is particularly relevant. We're living in a time when there's a remarkable display of iniquity. During that time, there were those that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. And the Lord heard it. Now you've got to believe this, that the Lord hears what we're saying here tonight. That's right, amen. We're not saying this to impress somebody else. We're saying we're speaking to one another yes. in order to build one another up. Yes. And the Lord hears it. And here, now here's what he said when he heard it. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, or in the words of Jesus, to gather the saints, I will spare them. Yes, amen. Now this is going to be when the world's passing away. Right. The earth's going to be burned up and the elements are going to melt with fervor and heat. That's the time we're talking about. I will spare them. I'm making up my jewels mm -hmm. for a crown. Yeah. Uh -huh. I will spare them as a man spareth his own son. Mm -hmm. Not just his own son, but his own son that serves him. That, that's Isaac versus Ishmael. That's Abel versus Cain. Why will he? Why will he do this? They shall be mine. Why will he do this? Because they spoke often one to another during a time when it wasn't fashionable to do that. In fact, it was probably dangerous to do that. God heard it. And he hearkened. Hearken means he did something about it. Yeah. He made a resolve. Here's a holy resolve. When I make up my jewels, which are in them, they're going to be a number that no man can number. You know, when the jewels are all got, they're going to be, but these are specifically during that mass gathering. <laughs> during that mass of gathering, there's some people he will particularly yes. remember. 
those that thought upon his name. And he said, they're mine. That's right, yeah. That you were talking about, we are the Lord's, yeah. they are mine. Jesus, when he prayed, he, he acknowledged this, that the people that were given to him were God's. This is in John 17, verse 9. I pray for them. That's at this point, is the disciples, and then he tells later to those that believe on him through their word. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. It, Jesus did say this. That's right, amen. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. See? That's why I prayed for them. Why does he intercede for you? Because you are God's. You, yes. you are the Lord's. Amen. If you weren't the Lord's, he wouldn't intercede for you. Uh, yeah. See, the fact that he does, and if you're convinced of this, that's your proof that you are the Lord's. Amen. You're in his household. So that knowing this moved Jesus to especially pray for these people. Yes. Now some people, they pray more for people that aren't the Lord's than for people that are the Lord's. Now we pray about people that aren't the Lord's. We understand that. Jesus emphasized when he prayed, he prayed for those that were the Lord's. Why? Because they need the prayers the most. Yeah. Uh -huh. Amen. That's why. Mm -hmm. Because they're in an environment for which they are not adapted. That's this present evil world. We do not fit in here. Yeah. That's why we're, we suffer. That's why tribulation happens. That's why there's opposition, because we don't belong here. We are the Lord's, and he's in heaven. That's where he is. Now, Jesus, in his doctrine, in his doctrine or his teaching, and Jesus did, he had doctrine. I, there's, a, there's a view of Jesus afoot today in Christendom that never does refer to Jesus having doctrine. They rarely refer to Jesus' teaching. You just have to kind of listen and pay attention to what people are saying in the name of the Lord. And you'll find very rarely do you hear somebody publicly acknowledge that Jesus is teaching. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in his doctrine, he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. <laughs> Well, what do you, you don't want that just, just to be a te technicality that you know about. Yeah. If you're the children of God, God uh, treats his children really well. That's right. They're going to inherit all things, that's why. He corrects them when they're out of line. Thank that's God right. for that. Amen. Thank God for that. Yes. I could have uh, uh, examined in my own life, and I do this quite often, just try and go through my whole life, trying to remember as much about my life as I can. And invariably, I'll be able to spot deliverances all yes, through yeah. my life that I didn't, at the time, I didn't know it was a deliverance. Yeah. That's your proof that, that you're God's. You belong to God. That's your, that's your yeah, proof. Yes. And this is a statement, they shall be the children of God, 
And God is related to the, he's the uh, God of peace. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. so, so when you know that God is the God of peace, so when you know that you're God's, it, it actually generates peace. Mm -hmm. It quiets, quiets your heart. And uh, you'll never be free from being troubled completely, but this cuts down on the trouble. And during the trouble, when you know you're at peace with God, see, when you when you have trouble, you can you can go to Him. Now, Paul, he this is so deeply ingrained in his thinking that he was the Lord's. Ye are the Lord's. We are the Lord's. That even in the most adversarial and difficult situation. He depended on this. This is found in Acts 27-23. The scene is, they've been 14 days they haven't been able to see. They couldn't even see the stars. They couldn't see anything. And it was a vicious storm, like of a hurricane type level. The ship they were in, and there were over 300 in this ship. So this wasn't like a rowboat. That's not what this was. You can imagine how big of a ship would it take to carry a, they were carrying grain. They were, they were carrying grain and this sort of thing. Over 300 souls were, were aboard, 300 prisoners. How many others there were, we don't know, but it was somewhere probably close to 500 people in it. So this is like a big vessel. But the thing's falling apart. And there is no reason for anybody to hope. Yeah. But here's what he said. During the middle of the storm, when everybody else was, they were going to jump off. Well, what were, it was just to, to drown quickly, I guess. He said this, Fear not, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Yeah, he do. <laughs> he knew who he belonged to. You, you had trouble. Yeah. You have affliction. You have a challenge. You are in a, like some kind of a storm. There's spiritual storms that you get in that are threatening. And you remember this. You belong to God and you serve God, and God is not oblivious of that situation. Yeah, that's a good thing uh, came home to me. He reasoned soundly during a storm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now that's a sign that you're making some good progress. You can reason before a storm. You can reason pretty soundly after a storm. But what about reasoning during the storm? What do you think about during the storm? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You think about, I am the Lord's. Yeah, that's what you think about. And develop it. Now, in the uh, apostolic doctrine, there's an appeal made to this that we are the Lord's. First Corinthians six nineteen. What? And when you read the word "what" in Scripture, it means, "Why are you thinking that way?" Yeah. It, that's yeah. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which yeah. is in you? See, there were some people, not only were they tempted to commit fornication, they did commit fornication. Yeah. And Paul says, what? 
Didn't you know you're the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? Mm -hmm. Whose are you then? You're the Lord's. Amen. Some people are the devils. Mm -hmm. They're children of the wicked ones. So, right. some, some people, they belong to the devil. Understand this. Yeah, that, that wasn't to think about. But there are some people that belong to the devil. In fact, we once were vessels of the devil. The devil worked in us at will. Some of us, he worked in us in a religious environment. But he was the one working in us. It wasn't, it wasn't God. Thank God we were delivered from it. You are not your own. That enables you to sanctify your body. You sanctify your body. You use your body for God. Now, everybody doesn't start out with a full understanding of this. Some people think of what they want to do and their physical circumstance first. They don't think about their body belonging to God. When the saints assemble together and you're able... Do you make your body serve the Lord, or do you give, cave in to the desires of the body? See, this is how, this is how you have to think. We can't, yeah. we can't impose on other people what we think about them. That's not what this is about. It's to us. It's how we think. Mm -hmm. Sanctifying your body because you're not your own. Here's some more doctrine on this. In the same text, 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you know, he tells you, he's explaining why you're not your own. You are bought with a price. You're like a slave that's been bought off the slave market block. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body yes. and in your spirit. Amen. Neither one belong to you. Mm -hmm. You've got a body, you've got a spirit but they both belong to God. That's right. He purchased them. Mm -hmm. He bought them. Or you'd have never been delivered. If you weren't purchased off the slave block, you'd have remained on the slave block till you were sent to hell. That's, right. That's how it would have been. Yes. It wasn't because somebody purchased you on earth. Mm -hmm. yeah. if, if you there were someone that was instrumental in you being delivered, but that, that person, whoever it was, was sent. Amen. He was sent so you could be delivered. Yes. Why? Because he bought you. That's right. Now, Peter, he talked about this in a, in a group mode. Now, some of these texts were on an individual basis, but here's a, here's a group basis. In the 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a peculiar, that's peculiarly his. Yeah. That peculiar is a word of ownership and purchasing. Why did he, why are you his? For what purpose? Just so he can have a lot of a lot of souls, is that, is that it? Well, he had a lot of, an innumerable company of angels already, so it wasn't that he's looking for a bigger population. That isn't it. 
you are peculiar, you are his, that he should show forth the praises of him, that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into light. You are his to be a public exhibit of what God does. This is why unholy people, God doesn't receive them, and the church is not to receive them. They're not to do it. You want them there, you got to convert them. See? That's why he called us, <coughs> why he chose us, as an exhibit. We should show forth his praise and exhibit of who God has, because he called us into his marvelous light. Of all the people that you know, those that are not in Christ are walking in the dark. Mm -hmm. They're walking in an environment where they cannot understand. Mm -hmm. If you've ever tried to explain the things of God to someone who's in the darkness, you know <laughs> You explain it, but you have to ask God to bring it to their remembrance and work with it. Mm -hmm. They don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Why do you know what you're? Why do you know what he's talking about? It's because you're his. Mm -hmm. yes. That's yeah. why. It isn't yeah. because of what you've done. It's because of who you are. Amen. Yeah, that's right. And you've been made who you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here's some more doctrine about bringing the fact that we are the Lord's, bringing that into the teaching. Mm -hmm. Titus 2.14, who gave himself, Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. What kind of people are these? Zealous of good works. That's right. That's why he redeems you. He didn't redeem you just for you personally, although it wasn't. It is a very personal thing, we know. But that's not the re that's not the underlying reason. He didn't save you just for your sake alone. He saved you because he wanted to add you to the company of people that are zealous to do good works. Yeah. Why? Because those good works are how he's making himself known to the outsider, to those that are lost. This is how he's making himself known. You're an exhibit. That's right. So that's why you're the Lord's. There's another bit of this is all. Notice this is all in teaching. People are going to have to be taught this, not because they're ignorant, but because they're prone to forget this. We're in a world that's alienated from God, and if you're not careful, you'll begin thinking about just surviving and forgetting that you're the Lord's. This is 1 John 3, 1. Behold, that is, look at this. Pay attention to this. Behold what manner the love, the love of the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called. This is what we should be called the sons of God. Yes. Now you don't often hear this kind of language among Christian people. The real people that are devoted, when they hear this, it, it resonates in them. We, we should, this is what we ought to be called. Some people think we ought to be called Christians. 
The scriptures doesn't say don't say that. In fact, the word Christian is it's only mentioned three times, and it's always an outside view. It's someone who's made an association of you with Christ. But the inside view is sons of God. That's the inside view. And if you're going to pray effectively, you've got to know this. If you're going to make a victorious life, you, you must know this. We should be called. In other words, this is appropriate. Mm -hmm. That's right. this, is, this is not just a saying. This, this describes a very real situation. We've been begotten by God. We belong to him. Sons of God. One further, this knowing this is related to hope. A person who doesn't know this, he's not going to have an adequate hope. He or she is not going to have an adequate hope. You may teach people to say, I know I'm going to heaven, blah, blah, blah. You may teach people to say that. But to say that's one thing, to know it, to know it, right. is something Amen. else. And I used to hear some of the old-time preachers, they'd say, it's one thing to know, it's another thing to know you know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's right. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, that it doth not yet appear what we shall be, yeah. but we know. And when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We know, we know, we, we, we who are in Christ, we know. We're not satisfied to be unknown. Yeah. There's not a glory in being unknown. Although while we're in the world, we are unknown by the world, well known by the saints. But when we shall see him, will be as he is. Why? Because we are the Lord's. Mm -hmm. he, that's why we shall see him as he is. That's why that's we shall right. be joined to him. Right. It's a spiritually legal matter. Yes. We are the Lord's. So this is a call to live like the one to whom we belong. Now, Jesus, when he came to the world, he exhibited how divine life is lived out in the world. He was an ambulatory or mobile depiction of what it means to live for God. Yes. There were times in his life when people told him to do something else. His brothers once told him, do something else. You want to be well-known, go up there and do a little publicity work. Okay? He didn't. He didn't pay attention yeah, to, to any of this because he knew who he was. Mm -hmm. He knew who he was. He knew yeah. he was the Son of God. He knew it. Hardly yeah. anybody else knew it, but he knew it. And when you know it, Amen. when you know you're the Lord's, mm -hmm. you'll live right. That's right. Amen. When that becomes obscure to you, you won't live right. You may not commit immorality, but living as though you don't belong to the Lord means you do a lot of bumbling uh -huh. and error-making. See what a wonderful truth it is, yes. brothers and sisters? We are, not we should be, we are the Lord's. Amen. That's how effective Christ's atonement was. Amen. Amen. Amen.